If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back again. New season, new logo, and the same host. And it's going to be electric, everybody. Now, I don't just say that because I do work with electricians. But more so because of all the possibilities and excitement that do accompany us here for season two. Of course, I am none other than your co-host, Zach Zizzy Yankovic, joined as always by the defending champ, Mr. Broomstick, Mickey Hines. Are you ready for another one, man? Another one. Season two. Are you ready? Another one. I am so ready for season two. Already going to be hosting with you, boo boo. All right, Mr. Zizzy, I am, like you said, this season is going to be electric. I'm going to guarantee the best season we've ever had. Granted, we only have one to base it off, but we are going to have such an amazing season this year. Big, big things are playing. I just got this feeling inside my bones. Like, ooh, it's going to be electric. New logo kind of got me hype uh, with the little neon look, but uh, this episode is going to be action-packed. I mean, we say it a lot here on the Mickey Zizzy podcast, but this one is going to be so much fun. But, uh, Yank, it's another great day in paradise. It is another great day in paradise, and it does start, like you said, with the new logo just dropped tonight. I think it looks bitter, bigger, better than ever. I love it. It is got, got the neon green in there. Got to show some color, brighten it up, and it's electric. So let's get it going, man. And as always, just because it's a new season doesn't mean that we break some of our traditions. We got to start with our people of the week to get it going for season two. Mickey Hines, hit me with it. So, as I was kind of developing my person of the week here, I had to go back to last season to help me get that season sweep. Now, talk about the most valuable listener, Mr. Um, Zizzy. I know it's still kind of fresh. You know I got to kind of brag about it. But the Robster, Robin DeLay, is the person of the week. Uh, Haley's mom, uh, giving her a huge shout-out for giving me pretty much the W. I know some other... Things happen during that game, during the awards episode. But uh, you've got to give her a shout-out. She's a huge listener. Always be hitting us up. When's the next episode being posted? So support from her and showing her that she's a fan is amazing. And you got to give out to the pretty much the MVP. If we had an MVP for that game, it is clearly her. So uh, person of the week is Robin DeLay. Yeah, I mean, that one's bittersweet for me. Usually, I mean, people of the week, person of the week, that's always, like, super positive for us. But th- this one stings. This one stings a little oh, bit. Oh, it's great on my end. Uh, I mean, that's still – it's like a hot topic, still kind of like open wound for the kid over here. But hey, yeah. Kick them eyes down. I mean, that was the surprise pit. Like, that was the steal of the draft. Like, I, when you threw her name out, we were both – I mean, we knew she listened. Like, don't get me wrong. We knew she listened. But I didn't know she listened like that. To come out and drop the points that she dropped, my lord, thirty-seven yeah. piece. She did. She did get the high score. She did get you that dub, um, big time, big time. Robin got, and of course, we for her to know as much as she did, she obviously went back. She might have done a little bit of research, but she's definitely been paying attention. Definitely been supporting the podcast. So we appreciate her. Thank you, Robin. Awesome to have her as a person of the week to start off season two. Uh, for myself, uh, I went a little bit more personal this week. Uh, just kind of, it was a friend of mine that I hadn't seen for a while. So his name is David Adkins, actually. So I actually hadn't seen him in probably over a year until late last week. Um, 
But no, we just we had been talking. He was in town. He just moved into a new place in Orlando. And honestly, it was just good seeing him. Uh, I went over to his new place, saw it. Like I said, it was really, really nice. Um, he had been working for Enterprise, which shout out Scuba Steve. We know about that Enterprise life. Um, but he was working for them for a bit. Actually just got a new job as the head of marketing for Zesty Paws and Zenwise, which is actually a pet and human supplement shop. So like shout out to Pinnacle Supplement. We know we're always pushing for that type of stuff out here on the show. Uh, but honestly, man, like it was just good vibes. It was just good to see him again. Good to have people in your life that aren't around as often as they used to be. Um, and seeing him be as successful as he is right now, I mean, it's just more motivation for me. So you don't always have people in your close circle that are always pushing you to be better. And it's always ha- great to have those people around. So shout out David Atkins, my person of the week for season two, episode one. Hey, a lot of great people, a lot of positive vibes here to start off season two. Just like you said, we are getting bigger. We are getting better. And I'm really happy you gave that shout out to Pinnacle Supplementation. Y'all go get your free merch. You can go buy this nice sweatshirt and get a free hat with it. Better to yourself, just like we are on the podcast here about our brand, reaching out. Go get your Pinnacle y'all. But, of course, we got to put in that ad. We got to put in our sponsor. Come on now. (laughs) Mickey's Izzy discount code. Don't forget it. Go get it. Ooh, don't forget it. Go get it. Ooh, all right. (laughs) We got to make our rhymes out here, man. You know what it is. It's from the intro. It's from... Freaking you hitting the boo-boo line. Like, let, let's go. Let's go. But, guys, this is season two. It's a premiere. We got to jump into it because the big day is tomorrow. NFL Draft 2021. We have been talking about, like, anybody in the sports world has been talking about this for a while. But this, this is a big day for football. And, of course, we know that we are big-time football guys on this show. And we are, we've got some debate sure is about to go down we got some stuff to talk about some quarterback the quarterback freaking i don't even know this cartwheel that you want to call it i don't even know but l- let's get into it man where, where are we gonna go we, we've got the draft order depend i mean obviously pending some possible trades that could happen between now and tomorrow but but we've got it going let, let's start jacksonville jaguars they're on the clock number one what's going on mickey Okay, Yank. Before I get into my rant, number one is obviously Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the kid's what thirty seven two. Uh, the long haired kid going to be the the Lord and Savior here for Jacksonville. Um, I remember going to the Jacksonville game and I hear the uh, fans going Trevor Lawrence when they were losing to Chicago. I mean, the fan base knows it. The world knows it. I mean, if you had to bet your life against you know something. You having Trevor Lawrence going number one. It's easy as can be. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it kind of stinks to because like you want you want to jump into a new season and have some hot debate on the very first topic, but I, this this is set in stone. I feel like it's been set in stone for a while. I'm with you. Uh, Trevor Lawrence would be my pick at number one. Um, and man, man's only got two losses in his college career, and one of them is possibly against the greatest college team that I've ever seen in LSU two years ago. Um, I mean, the the stats don't lie. I'm I mean, the man has what fifty. I mean, no, not 50. Sorry, that was almost in one season. But the man has 90 touchdowns, so only 17 picks in his full career. He's won a national championship. He's all, or two national championships, I want to say. But either – oh, no, he's got just the one because he lost to LSU and then they lost to Ohio State. But still, both of his losses are of his career are in the college football playoff, and it's not like he played poorly. It was just – I mean, you can't win them all. And eventually – and the fact that he was undefeated until he played LSU – was remarkable, but the mechanics are there, the stats are there, the decision making's there. 
I, I, Jaguars have already come out and said this is their guy. So, I mean, we, we all kind of know that this is where it's going to go. I would be so shocked if anything else happened. But Trevor Lawrence is number one. I mean, like you said, Jaguars fans were have been calling his name since they were playing the Bears last year. That was a long time ago, everybody. That was a long time ago. This is their man. Yes, I mean, playing as daily, like you said, we can move on to the next pick. Uh, number two, the New York Jets, now Yank. <laughs> I'm going to get angry, and you're not going to like me when I'm angry because I'm going to say some really, really hot takes. I'm going to put my body – I'm going to go up on that hill again, Mr. Yankovic. Okay. The New York Jets are making the biggest mistake ever. How is it in the world is Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance all ahead of Justin Fields? Now, oh, I'm going to get so excited during this episode, but let me just show you some stats because, you know, I'm a big stats guy. I guess he's been having great pro days, and he must know how to talk the ear off of coaches and general managers here in the NFL because in 2019, he had 2,300 uh, yards, about 2,382. He had 11 touchdowns for nine interceptions. That's not good. 2020 rolls around. All right. 3,692 yards, 33 touchdowns, three interceptions. All right, this guy's finally coming alive. He also had 10 rushing touchdowns. I get it. The only good team, like legitimate team they played was UCF. I give them a ton of credit, but he also had 400 yards and three touchdowns against them. All right. They also played South Dakota State. Uh, they have CCU, um, Boise State. Uh, he's got swaggerish. I look at him and I see a swaggerish guy here at Zach Wilson. But he is overhyped. How can you jump ahead magically after a national championship uh, when they went to appearance and when the guy goes for 22 and 6, I mean 22 touchdowns, 6 interceptions that year. It was Corona year. He was injured, 8 games, etc. Um, two-time big, time, big 10 player of the year. He is uh, two-time going to the college football playoff. In 2019, he had 41 touchdowns for three interceptions, so already better than Zach Wilson. Um, this guy is gritty. My man was playing with almost broken and bruised ribs, Yank, and he is a ball player, is a playmaker, play and when he went up against the team who went to the national championship a year before, he threw six touchdowns, one interception, 385, to redeem his team from a year ago. This man is a winner. He is cute. B1, look at his games, look at the history of Mr. Yankovic, not this combine, not all this or that. He is a proven number two to the Jets, and the New York Jets are going to make the biggest mistake tomorrow. I'm angry. You know, I like that you're angry. I do. I want, I want this to just put everybody on notice. Everybody, Mickey Hines is right. Yes, Mickey sir. Hines is actually right, guys, and I cannot believe I'm agreeing with him this early in the season, too. But, guys, you're not wrong. You're not wrong here, Mickey. I, I see it. I, I was this person that has been sitting here and saying, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence going into this season, I I really didn't think coming out, out of 2019 that, they, that the gap was really all that big between them. And then you come into this season, right? 2020, whatever else, like stats or stats. But even at the end of the year, they play each other in the playoffs. And Justin Fields outplays Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion. Absolutely outplays him. And we can go and look at the stats. Like you said, we can. Even when he even when he didn't start at Georgia, when he came out, he only really played a game or a, like one or two games at Georgia as a freshman. But still, four touchdowns, no picks. 
came out his first year at Ohio State, like you said, 41 touchdowns to three picks. This last year might have only had 22, but he made plays when they counted and they made it to the big-time game. Now, did they win against Alabama? No, but it is Alabama. But at the same time, they destroyed Clemson's defense at the helm of Justin Fields. His stats haven't lied. His leadership, I think, is totally unaccounted for. Let's look at when the pandemic hit, right? College football got canceled. Who was the person? Who was the player that went out and had the most vote, had the biggest voice, the biggest vocals about the entire pandemic, about making it a choice, about wanting to play, about making sure that safety is first. But once that is figured out, we should be able to make that decision on whether or not we play. That was Justin Fields. He got, he he galvanized the troops. He galvanized the league. He wanted everybody to play. In in a way. I give him a, part, a major part in making this past season even possible. So when you take that into account, when you take into account the, account the play on the field, I do not understand, and I will not understand, how this man has gone out, came out of this season as the solidified number two to Trevor Lawrence, and now people are talking about him being possibly the fifth best quarterback in the draft. I think it's the most disrespected quarterback in the draft, and I think that you're right. If the Jets do not take him at number two, especially with this becoming more of a league where we see mobile mobile quarterbacks being a little bit more dominant, I, he's more mobile than Zach Wilson. Thanks. He really he is. There, it's, there's no denying that. Don't get me wrong. I've seen Zach Wilson throw, throw balls off of his back foot and have some type of arm strength that is just uncanny and unmatched. But at the same time, who the heck did he play? Who did he play? God, I will read the list of names of teams that Zach Wilson has played. Navy, Troy, Louisiana Tech, Houston, Texas State, Western Kentucky, North Alabama. Not Bama, North Alabama. He played Coastal Carolina and lost San Diego State. And then, like you said, he did play UCF, but UCF is in a down year. I'm a Floridian. I can definitely say that. Okay, like – Zach Wilson, he's a great quarterback. I do not, I do think he's talented. I think that his stats from this past season are definitely like you got to stop and you got to give him a look. His pro days have looked incredible, to be honest. But when it comes down to the body of work, Justin Fields, how the hell is he not number two? I rest my case. And Yank, I'm going to bounce off that. I'm going to go to a really hot take about Justin Fields, but, uh, you know, we look look at those other quarterbacks that somehow he has dropped underneath. Like Zach Wilson is now a solidified to any mock draft you go look at here. And he's going to be a good player, but he's not a number two better than Justin Fields. I mean, look at the accolades that Fields has. This is total blasphemous. I am so angry about it. And then you look at Mac Jones, just won the national championship. I personally think he's a one-hit wonder. You know, season, you know, like I just said, he was national champs, uh, uh, you know, and it could be a great backup to grow in the NFL. I don't think he's big time top five going to the 49ers potentially with that third pick. Um, But I have seen like the Patriots let him grow underneath Cam Newton. I know there's been a lot of talks of Patriots getting a quarterback. Mac Jones is going to be a great backup quarterback where he comes in. Mac Jones again from Bama saving the day. Um, I think he's going to be that guy, but not better than Justin Fields. And there's a ton of mock drafts where he is above him. And then Trey Lance. Now Yank. I like (laughs) Trey Lance. I really do. But the man has only played one season, similar to Mr. Trubisky, actually. Um, he only played one season. And his stats aren't anything, like, too crazy. 
I'm trying to find him out right here. You know, he's kind of like a Lamar Jackson 2.0. He is definitely super mobile here, and I just need more evidence. I mean, I'm looking at his only, you know, good year, and that was in 2019, 2,786 yards, okay, lower than Justin Fields, 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Yeah, that's pretty good. He also had a thousand yards, yeah. you see, the 14 touchdowns. Yes. I'm saying yes. that's that's good, but once again, didn't lead him to the college football playoffs. Wasn't you know taking oh, yeah. uh taking this team versus these very beating these very good teams. Um, I still think he's a first rounder at the end and let him grow kind of similar to Mac Jones a year or two and let him kind of shine that way. But for him to be over Justin Fields, who has proven on the field even when he is injured, great games, great play, great stats, blasphemous. I mean, I still see Trans going first round, but over Justin Fields, no way. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think Justin Field. I think it goes Trevor number one, Justin Fields number two, and then when you get into the other quarterbacks, I think that there's a lot to be talked about. Okay, there's with Mac Jones. I'm one of the biggest Mac Jones fans ever. I think when it comes when we talk about just overall this season, uh, coming into this season, I thought he was going to be great after seeing him back up and come in late uh, a couple games with the season when Tua was still on the team. Um, I, I mean. The scary thing with Alabama when you look at them is that they always have such a good team and highly skilled team around the quarterback position. So obviously, yeah, it's going to elevate the quarterback's play. But when you're looking at Mac Jones, I mean, he's thrown 56 touchdowns to seven picks. He led the NCAA in passing yards this past season. He led the NCAA in passing efficiency. He was the, he had the Davey O'Brien Award for best quarterback in a way. So like this – this is the guy that when we're talking about statistically, he had the best season in 2020. Best receiver. Best, I know. Don't get me wrong. He did. That's what I said. That's what my yep. first point is coming out with him. But, like, at the same time, to be that efficient, to manage a team, I'm, call me call me biased because I'm still riding high on the last Alabama quarterback to come out of the draft. But still, to me, Matt Jones is going is a system quarterback that, can be imp, that is going to be plugged in to a – well, to a team that needs somebody like him the most. And to be honest, that's why when we get back to this draft, I have Mac Jones going number three. I have him above. I see a lot of that. Yeah, I have him above Zach Wilson. I have him above Trey Lance for sure. My whole thing is the 49ers, now that they have that number three pick after getting it from Miami, like they've come out and said that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be their starter in the future. They, we know well, that actually Shanahan uh, said, uh, yeah, the answer coach said, I don't know who's going to be alive on Sunday. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, like, yeah. Okay. If you want to get technical to me, if a coach comes out and says something like that, they're moving on. They're moving on. Jimmy G's gotten hurt too much. They paid him a good amount of money for him to, I mean, don't get me wrong. He took him to a super bowl. They didn't win. And then this past season, everybody got hurt, but, it's just everybody. The one question mark that Sam Fran has had these past two, three seasons has been Jimmy G. When you talk about the 49ers, the first like five people that you talk about aren't even the quarterback. And to me, that's a problem because that's the most important position on the field. So if you take this team that has this stellar defense that has great weapons around them, they've always had a good running back core. They've got George Kittle. They've got some other receivers out there. You know, like, why not implement Matt Jones in that system? He basically is already coming from a professional system with how Alabama runs its show in college. To me, Matt Jones makes more of a sense than Zach makes more sense than Zach Wilson in this draft when you're talking yes. the first picks. So for me, I'm going Trevor, Justin, 
Mac, if it's up to me. Um, yeah, for that number three pick, Mac Jones, I, I can see it, and I think they keep Jimmy G, so they have that quarterback battle to maybe give uh, Jimmy G a kick in the butt, just try to make him perform more. And then if he does do bad, they can go to their rookie they drafted, you know, to kind of save the day and kind of see where he is. And Jimmy G, I mean, has a lot of knowledge of the game, and granted, it's more of a run game there in San Fran. But, uh, yeah, he is a system quarterback, and uh, I can see him going to the 49ers, and I wouldn't be mad. I mean, I wouldn't be mad about it. But, uh, yeah, at that number three pick. Absolutely. But is that who you have at three? Or do you oh, have yeah. somebody else? No. Uh, I've seen a lot of people, like, they might go get Trey Lance, but I don't think that would be a really good uh, system there. And I've just been seeing quarterback after quarterback after quarterback after I was looking at a ton of mock drafts, looking at a ton of videos about it. And I, I like it. I like it. The more I kind of think about it, I think I do like Mac Jones there. So I'll agree with you there. All right. Let's get it going. Now. This is where I think everything starts to kind of change up a little bit. I'm not 100% sure if the Falcons are sold on a quarterback coming into no, this draft. Not. I do not. I, I don't know if they are. But for me, at number four, I have Trey Lance. I have no. Trey Lance going number four to the Falcons. I do. And for me, I, I, when, you're ta- when you're looking about it, I bring up the same thing that I brought up before when it comes to Zach Wilson. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like Trey Lance has that much stronger of a schedule, but when you look at his past performance, he didn't have those dip years like Zach Wilson had. Zach Wilson had those two years. Let's I want to say 2018, he had what, like 12 touchdowns to three interceptions? I mean, I know he didn't play play every single – I think he played every game. I don't know if he started every game, but still, nothing blew you out of the water with his stats there. He didn't even break 2,000 yards. And then that 2019 season that you brought up, he almost had the same amount of touchdowns and interceptions. I don't know what happened from 2020 to 2019. I don't know what the jump was. I don't know if it was the pandemic year, if there's people that aren't playing on defense as well, or maybe he just had extra time to train, or maybe it finally clicked for him. You know, you just never know. But it's really hard for me to trust somebody that has not had that consistent of a career overall and then on top of that, has continued to play the week schedule that I mentioned before. For that reason, it is so hard for me, no matter how great I think he looks in pro days, anybody can throw when nobody's got a defender on him. Anybody can throw when nobody's got uh, D linemen that are in their face hitting them or getting around their alignment, whatever else. Like Anybody can do that, especially, at least on the professional level, in my opinion. If you're going to be a great starting quarterback, any people, anybody, any one of these quarterbacks can do what he did on these uh, these pro days. So for me, when I think of all that, and then I think Trey Lance, who had a year where he had 42 total touchdowns without a turnover, where he has that extra dimension of being a mobile quarterback, where he had over a over a 1,000 yard rushing season, where he had almost a 3,000 yard passing season that same year. He came back, and yeah, they only had one game in 2020. But he still threw four touchdowns in that game. Yes, he threw his first ever collegiate interception. It was against Central Arkansas. But, like, come on. The man's got, what, over 30 touchdowns to one interception in his career passing, not to mention all the stuff that he's done on the ground with his legs. Like, rushing we, touchdowns, yeah. we have seen the transition of the, of the traditional NFL quarterback. The more years that pass, the more mobile and athletic they are becoming. And we can see if you find the right one, how damaging that is to a defense. And me personally, I've always said as a person that played defense, the last thing you want to deal with is a mobile quarterback. 
at least a solid one that can make good decisions throwing the ball and still hurt you with your legs. Those are so hard and dangerous to game plan for because they can break down a play and it changes the whole thing. It's like um, it's like like Michael Vick changed the entire game when he came into the league and was able to do that. Now ev- now we're seeing the transcendence of that, where many many quarterbacks coming out of college can do this. And to me, when you take everything into account. Why not take Trey Lance? I understand he only has 16 starts or whatever it is, but he's coming from a program that produced Carson Wentz, who almost won an MVP. He's coming from a program that has had pro-level talent before, and it is still D1. So to me, why not? Oh, why not? You're completely wrong. Here, Yank. Uh, <laughs> Here we you go. Said, you said a lot of stuff, and a lot of things you are saying is why I kind of think he still is a top-five quarterback in this draft, obviously. But – the Atlanta Falcons are going to do two things tomorrow. They're going to go get Kyle a tight end just to help out with that offense and help out my Matt Ryan okay. with an elite tight end, the best tight end in this draft. Okay. He's definitely going to go top 10. All right, Yank, that's a solidified yes. pick, another yes. big name for him to get the program excited. Or they're going to trade. And they're going to trade to my team, the Chicago. And then because all this talk, all this talk, all this talk about fields dropping, Guess what Bears are going to do? They're going to bounce up, go get Justin Fields, and yank Zizzy. This is why I'm happy. I'm looking at Justin Fields drops, and the Chicago trades up, potentially at four, potentially at seven, potentially at eight or nine, and we get Justin Fields. We are on the Justin Fields hype. The Mitch Trubisky bandwagon was bad. You better climb aboard the hype train here, and I'm going to. Hey, at least I could I can respect that a little bit, though. No, I mean, it's like the same thing with Tua. I'm going to that. get the jersey. I'm going to freak out. I might celebrate in jubilation tomorrow if this happens. I can see Atlanta trading this pick. It's a high pick, a lot of big names yep. to kind of yep. get a few draft picks down there to help out with a maybe a two or three tight end in the draft, etc. Or you know, get an elite player. But I could definitely see this happening. I had to throw that in, that Justin Fields hype train to Chicago because Chicago is going to trade up at that four, or they're going to get Kyle Pitts. That's what's going to happen at the uh, fourth pick in the draft. But, Yank, I am legit crossing my fingers tomorrow night. Uh, this is the big thing I'm looking for, Justin Fields to the Windy City. And he was just at a Cubs game two, day, two days ago. So yeah, I mean, uh, here, I will say when it comes to Falcons and I started off by saying that I don't know what they're going to do with this pick um, to me, Matt Ryan is at the end of his career. I don't know if he'll two, retire two years, a two Falcon. Years. Yeah. I don't know if he'll retire a Falcon. I don't know if he's going to try and live out some starting days somewhere else. But to me, the reason why I have them going with the quarterback with Trey Lance or anything like that is just because I believe that, Matt Ryan is at the end of his career. But if you want to talk about the possibility of finally going something other than quarterback, yeah, this is where I would see Kyle Pitts going. Um, This is also where I see, yes, a lot of trades potentially happening. I wouldn't be surprised to see my own Dolphins make another pick to get back up in there so they could go and try and get Kyle Pitts. I could see the Cowboys jumping up there to try and go get Kyle Pitts. I think I think that pick is going to be a big-time decision when it comes to Kyle Pitts, the tight end. Yes. I really, really do. Um, so for me, it's going to be either the Cowboys jump up there, the Dolphins jump up there, or two other teams. One that you just mentioned, the Bears. I don't care what people say. Andy Dalton is not your guys' answer. If he is the starting quarterback for your guys, you guys this season, it will be the exact same thing that happened last year. I just want to put that out right now, and I hate to say that, but it will. Second, 
the Patriots. I know. I've been seeing this a lot. I've been seeing that a good amount in some of these mock drafts. But, man, would that just be the move of the, of the year for Bill Belichick. And I could totally see him doing something like that. And after a crazy offseason. Yeah, jumping up there after another crazy offseason and grabbing a top-tier talent with somebody who's slipping like Justin Fields, uh, the Patriots would be right back on the map with something like that. So, to me, I could see that happening as well. But if we're just going to go for the pick what it is, again – I'll stick with Trey Lance. I think that's where he goes. But otherwise, I'm interested to see what happens at number four. I am. And if you can hear in the distance, Yank, you hear a train. (laughs) The hype train. Justin Fields hype train. Bring him to Chicago. I might not show up to work on Friday. I really won't. I I I, that, I will be celebrating too. Hard. I will. <laughs> yes. Um, moving on though. Uh, pick number five and Yank. I actually have a very strong opinion about this pick. Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. Um, maybe up and coming to Joe Burrow. Um, I've seen a lot of mock yes. drafts with them. I get Jamar Chase and have the LSU uh, teammates team back up, which Jamar Chase um, is a great receiver. But yep. you got to protect the man. I mean, he got hurt. He's one of the most hit quarterbacks in the Thank league. Thank you. Thank and you, Mickey. When you have Penny Sewell, I know I say his uh, Thank name you, from yeah. Oregon. Penny. Um, Penny is a no-brainer here. I'll call me DJ Khaled. It fits the system. It's going to help your team tremendously. This kid's going to be an, a great addition to your team. Uh, to me, yeah, like I said, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, he's to me, it's a rare breed tackle. And I have Pe- uh, Penny Sewell going as well to the Bengals. I mean, Joe Burrow is their answer. That man came out and set it on fire for his rookie season before he got injured. But he took hit after hit. I mean, he took vicious hits, like hard hits every single game. And it was only a matter of time, honestly, before he got hurt after watching even like three games into the season last year. You had a feeling that it could happen. I didn't expect it to be a blown out knee and have him miss the whole season, but I wasn't going to be surprised if Joe Burrow had to miss a game or two from, from a few hits that he was taking. So, but that being said, I love the thought of re- reuniting old teammates and having that connection, but you got to protect the man. This is the future of the franchise. This is a rare breed tackle. He's got size. He's got elite quickness with his feet for somebody as big as he is. Um, I don't know if you've watched the film, but this man springs touchdown runs. Like <laughs> he springs short, long term runs. I don't, it doesn't matter. He lays down those wow blocks. Like he possesses, he's got some balance. He's got strength. Th- this guy is the entire package on the O line. And there, there's a few really good O linemen that I do like in this draft. But Penny Sewell to me, I mean, that, that's the guy. That's the guy coming into us. And I think it makes all the sense in the world to try and protect Joe Burrow right now. Uh, yeah, to me, it's a no-brainer. I've been seeing a lot of different things. I'm like, okay, stop it. That out of pocket. But uh, Well, my whole thing is they have – I do understand the wide receiver thing because they did – I mean, I mean they they lost A.J. Green. I don't really know if that was a big hit to been, them from this past no. season. Yeah, because he's been – He's been gone. Yeah, he's been, he's been gone team, from the last few seasons. And, like, last year when Burrow was in, they still didn't really have that great of chemistry. But, like – they still have T. Higgins. Yep. They still have uh, what? What's his? Uh, they have another. Fast two Ross name? is he still on the team? John Ross. John Ross is still on there. Yes. There's yeah, a third one. Is, there's a third one that is just as big as T. Higgins. He's probably bigger. I just I'm gapping on his name right now. But they have talent still at the wide receiver position. So I, I mean, to be to be honest, if I was them, I would go and get Kyle Pitts before a receiver. 
But yes, yes to me, the it makes so much sense. To ju- your quarterback is a rookie that got his ACL torn. Protect the man. He's a franchise player. Protect him. That's all I really have to say on it. Yeah, going to the next pick, number six, your oh. Miami Dolphins. Oh. Now, the Dolphins could also make another trade because I know they have yep. another pick yep. later on, which yep. could be. But, Yank, I'm going to make it nice, quick, and simple. The Heisman winner, Devontae Smith, in my eyes, is the best receiver. I mean, I'm going to go hype on Heisman train here. But uh, he's going to be your slot guru here. He's, uh, you know, national championship. Everyone says you need to get bigger, but, like, speed kills. And it works for sure. And if you put him in that slot, get him the ball and get him towards the sideline, he's going to be great. And I think with Miami, it's going to be easier throws for Tua to make here. And I think it's just a perfect fit for Miami moving forward. He's going to be like Devontae Adams. There's going to be a lot of screen plays and uh, a lot of quick routes where he's going to make a defender miss and get 12, 15 yards. I think – you know, I see Jalen Waddle on uh, some mock drafts, and I've seen some other things about potentially getting Jamar Chase. But I think you go get this quickster, get your slot receiver set in stone. He's going to be an, an amazing player. But uh, that's my pick for your Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for this year. I mean, it was one thing last year when I was uh, speaking on Tua. But this year – Honestly, I'm not sure if there's really a bad decision that the Dolphins no. can make. Uh, I mean, as long as they stick to our needs, honestly. I mean, yeah, we do need another – we probably still need some more O-linemen. But at the same time, with a pick this high and us having another pick in the middle of the first round, I say, yeah, we've got to go. We've got to surround Tua with weapons. That's that's the goal. That's what we have to do. And to me, there's three way, There's a few ways that we can do that. It all depends on what happens, obviously, with the picks in front of them. Um, but if Kyle Pitts is there, I feel like you take him just because of who he is. Like there, he's just one of those unicorn type tight ends. Like you just don't see that playmaker to where he can be a tight end, but also be a number one wide receiver option. So really you get the best of both worlds when you take him. Um, if he's there, obviously wouldn't be upset if they take him, but I expect him to be gone at that point. Um, to be honest, well, actually, I don't know. Right now, I have him going possibly to the Dolphins, but you got Kyle Pitts. Um, and then there's Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. Devontae Smith, Heisman winner. The stats don't lie. I mean, he was what? I want to say, let me pull it. I think I've got his stats over here. Yes, I do. So he's got, he had what, like 120 catches or something last year? I think Maybe. just under that. Yeah, like just under that. And he had almost 2,000 yards, and he had 23 touchdowns. I mean, there's not much to say or any type of concern when it comes to Devontae Smith other than the fact that he is not that big of a player. But really, does that matter? We've seen people in the NFL not be that big. There's corners in the league that are five foot ten. Antonio Brown is five foot ten, and he's one of the most talented receivers I've ever seen on the field. I mean, I mean to me, at the end of the day, it's a mindset. You don't have to be the biggest, baddest player to be one of the best players, and he's proven that. I mean, over the last two seasons, the man has had 190 catches and 3,000 yards with almost 40 touchdowns. That is one of the craziest two-year stat lines I have ever heard of. So if Devontae Smith gets taken, can't be upset at that. And then, of course, there's Jamar Chase. And when you look at Jamar Chase, yes, he set out the 2020 year, which makes some people – 
um, a little bit nervous, but at the same time, um, he's a beast. He's, Incredible. Yeah. He's a be- He's a beast. I mean, he had 84 yards, almost two, 84 catches, almost 2000 yards and 20 touchdowns when he was with Joe Burrow in that championship season in 2019. He's a bigger, stronger receiver. He's got the size, which is kind of what makes me somewhat like him over Devontae Smith because you can get that number, another number one option out there on the outside. To me, Devontae Smith will be more of a slot receiver. Um, yeah. But um, number one, you can throw Jamar Chase and have him go get the deep ball, and he can win those jump ball battles just based off his size. So I really think it's hard for the Dolphins to mess this one up. Um, but honestly, I do have them taking Jamar Chase. Um, just because I think that's what they are going to end up doing. As much as I love Devontae Smith and was raving about him after he won the Heisman, as much as I love Kyle Pitts as the unicorn, we still do have Mike Jasicki, and he has, honest, he has honestly outplayed his contract every year for the past three seasons. There's no reason to really not give him another shot as the, as the starting tight end. He's been great for us. Um, but, yeah, I think that they're going to end up, at the end of the day, choosing size over everything because we have another receiver that has proven well for us with that and Devontae Parker. And that'll that'll kind of just add to the receiving core. But for me, as long as they get a weapon for Tua, I'm happy. I mean, I get – and I am really banking on that not playing here. That's why he will fall, that being Jamar Chase. Um, yeah, he – you know, like you said, he's a little bit bigger. I said he was a beast. Um he did have success in college, which, I mean, if you have success in college, you're going to be a little bit successful in the NFL. But, uh, you know, typically. Um, that's why, you know, you could potentially put him with the Detroit Lions. Um, the 7-8-9 uh, is kind of um, uncertain here and there. A lot of trades could potentially happen. That's why I'm really hoping on my hype train for Justin Fields uh, to Chicago mm-hmm. to uh, trade with one of them. But uh, now let's look at the Lions here at number seven. And they could go another receiver here to help out Jared Goff. I don't think – I saw some that they might – Trey Lance might go. I'm like, okay, stop. He's not going to go to the Lions because yes. they already got Jared Thank Goff. You. Jared Goff's got you're, you're thinking smart, Mickey. I like it. Or you're finally coming to my senses. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I, I've seen some stuff about Jalen Waddle, and I know he had the injury this past year, and some people picked him. Which is why he dropped to me. Yeah, and picked him over Devontae Smith. I'm not liking that. So I'm going Jamar Chase to the Lions. I think they take that risk with Chase. Um, and, I'm, and I could see him dropping, you know, one or two more, uh, maybe to the Panthers, et cetera. But uh, I, if I had to choose, I'd just go with Jamar Chase because – Every other expert loves uh, him, but I could see him, you know, even dropping down to shoot, you know, 13, 15, et cetera. But yeah, no, and I'm, I'm with you kind of here. So I've seen in a lot of mock drafts, a lot of people have the Lions taking a quarterback. And to me, it doesn't make sense. sense. They, just, they just did a blockbuster trade to get Matt Staff- for the Rams to get Matt Stafford and send Jared Goff to the Lions. I understand that Jared Goff is a name that might not blow people away, but when you honestly think about the man's body of work, he did go to the Super Bowl. He is a Super Bowl quarterback. He does have games, at least fantasy-wise or stats-wise, where he go pops off for 400 yards and three touchdowns. Like The man isn't a scrub, okay? I understand he's not the most like outspoken quarterback and doesn't have the biggest name in the league, but the man can play some football. And so, to me, I don't think that Jared Goff is all that bad of a quarterback. I think that they need help, though, to make him more successful because Jared Goff is coming from a team that had um, 
Cooper Cup that had uh, what's the other the other Robert Woods? Yes, thank you. So that had Cooper Cup that had Robert Woods that you had Todd Gurley when he was back in his prime before he was dealing with his knee injuries and all that. And when they made that Super Bowl run, like he's used to having great weapons around him, and now he's on a Lions team that no longer has Kenny Galladay. Like that, like they lost a big name at wide receiver. So to me, it makes all the sense in the world to try and replace that and give Jared Goff more weapons so they can try and be more successful this season. Um, I know the Lions need some help on defense as well. I would love to see them go and get a corner maybe even. But when it comes down to it, I've got Devontae Smith going to the Lions. Okay. Yeah, just a little switcheroo there. Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, I think that they could be interchangeable personally. Um, but yeah, no, I have, I've got Devonte going to the lions. I think they got to help Jared Goff and see if they can finally put together a winning season. No. Yeah. I mean, I kind of flip flop. I do think the receiver look, or if they do trade it, et cetera, um, similar to number eight pick, if you're ready to move on. Yeah, no, go ahead. I'm ready. Carolina Panthers. who just had a blockbuster trade. I know our friend Aaron Hamburg yes. is a little upset about drew lock, but, uh, I'm team Teddy here. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater is going to be, uh, the starter there. If they're smart, it's going to be a great quarterback battle um, there in Denver. Oh, wow. I totally had a mix up there. Um, they just went and got yeah, Sam no, Darnold. Um, it's similar because Broncos are right behind them. Uh, Sam Darnold is the trade. Oh, my. I should have stat checked that. Wait, but, for the uh, Panthers? Yeah. Or am I, No, I'm way no, off. No, no, wow. no. You're way off. You know, Panthers, Panthers just traded Teddy away. Yeah, away. And they so. have Sam Darnold for a one year. Blah. Um, Did the Panthers get Sam Darnold? Yes. Is that what happened? Yes. So that's why they traded Teddy Ooh, away baby. because Sam Darnold. Okay. So Sam Darnold is their quarterback for the Panthers. My apologies for the mix up there, fans. Um, but yeah, so he's their, you know, quarterback, Sam Darnold. They're gonna re- still young, gonna be a little bit better. And they're in that similar situation. Do they go out and get a receiver, kind of like a Jalen Waddle? Do they hype on that train there? Um, or do they trade it away and potentially get a receiver that's already been doing work and trade down when there is a uh, Kadarius Tony or a, um, a Waddle if he falls a little bit more and try to get a receiver that way? Um, it will be interesting what they do. Um, but uh, I don't think I saw some of the things again, they're going to quarterback like Sam Darnold's their dude for you know the next two, three years, but uh. Panthers are, are on the move to make moves. I mean, like we were talking about that Teddy trade, which I was kind of jumping ahead there. So, I mean, I think they trade it. I mean, or they go out and get an offensive tackle, uh, maybe just to help out that old line, like a Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. I know he's a big boy um, up there in people's drafts. So, I either said they trade or they go get an offensive lineman. Um, Rashawn Slater would be my next offensive uh, lineman in my draft, I would do. Yeah, I mean, to me – I would love for the Panthers to go get a quarterback here, but it's hard for me to think that they're going to do that after getting Sam Darnold for three draft picks. Like they gave away three draft picks for Sam Darnold. I feel like they're going to try and make that work for a year or two. I mean, and Sam Darnold was infected by the plague that is the New York Jets. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen for the quarterback that ends up going to them this season. Um, but, I mean, when you got Adam Gase and everything like that going on in New York, it's it's scary for anybody that is the quarterback in that town. So, and the Panthers also uh, have Philip Walker, too, the XFL stud that's you know yeah. played a few games. So, I mean, that's their backup to save a day behind Sam Darnold. Yeah, and so, like, that's my whole thing is, like, after getting Sam Darnold, 
it's hard for me to sit here and really believe that they're going to go get a quarterback. If they do, I'm really not all that surprised, but I just don't think it's what they're going to do. And to me, I think that they, while yes, they probably do need some offensive linemen because it would always be good to have people blocking for not only Sam Darnold, but Christian McCaffrey, who's yep. obviously going to carry the load for them this season coming off of his injury. Even when he was playing in intermittent games last season, he was still the same dominant player he always was, whether he was banged up or not. Christian McCaffrey, I'm not worried about. I think that Sam Darnold having him in the backfield, along with just a better system to be in, might actually become the Sam Darnold that we expected him to be coming out of college, but I'll wait and see. So with that being said, I take that I think that they need to bolster the defense, and I think that they take the best defensive linebacker available, and I go Micah Parsons to the Carolina Panthers. Okay. Okay. Now, Michael no, I, Parsons, I know a lot of people want to sit there and say that I, I've heard word that he hasn't been the greatest in his interviews with teams and whatnot, but I did watch those ESPN specials where it's like the pre-draft specials where they follow like the number one prospects and things of that nature and they go through training and everything like that. Like, yes, he took the 2020 season off. But this man has been doing nothing but training for the NFL for over a year now. And I've been watching him go through his drills. I've seen him, when he played in 2019, I thought he was the most electrifying defensive player in the NCAA. There's no reason that he hasn't gotten injured or has any reason that he would have fallen off since then other than just not seeing field time. To me, he's the best linebacker in the draft. And linebackers control the defense, in my opinion. I'm sorry, they do. Um, especially an interior linebacker. So for me, you take the best one available and you go Michael Parsons. Um, I'm actually going to talk about Michael Parsons next. I'm going to kind of hop in on that train too. But, uh, you know, the big thing, like I was talking about, why I think the uh, Carolina Panthers are going to go off the, you know, lineman as well is because if they trade Chicago, I've seen a lot of picks. Um, you know, they get Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. He's a pretty big boy. And if one of the, the USC um, offensive linemen, I forget the name, it's really tough to say. If he falls too, like, Boom, there you go. So, I mean, I definitely see him trading this pick. But, I mean, we're going to see. But uh, talking about your Micah Parsons. Now, when I was looking at the Denver Broncos, especially after today, which to reiterate what we were talking about, Teddy Bridgewater is on the Broncos. Uh, we are yep. both Team Teddy, Aaron Hilpern, sorry. Uh, yep. Is going to be a great backup. But uh, I was looking at their defense. You know, Josie Jewell from Iowa, which uh, I love him. Not, like, yeah, inside- not, not a bad one either. Another good yeah. one. He, he, you know, he is, uh, you know, he's been a good uh, linebacker for them, for the Broncos. And then it's Alexander Johnson. Why not Michael Parsons? Like you said, he's been training, training, training. I'm, I, like I said earlier, Jamar Chase, like he uh, didn't play, kind of scary and whatnot. I've been looking at the highlights. Um, the man is a very good defender. And if all these experts, all the scouts, all the people who are talking about defense, and this is the number besides maybe a few corners um you got to go out and get him Denver and try to help out that defense um I mean you already have Jerry Judy so you kind of don't want to go receiver again here um but I think you know Michael Parsons goes to the Broncos their offense is pretty set um yeah in my eyes it's not it's not amazing but I don't think they could possibly get could make it better unless you know I mean, they've Devontae got, they've Smith got drops or you know but yeah, and there's a possibility they could have they there's a possibility that uh one of the receivers like a Jamar Chase, a Devontae Smith, I could definitely see Jalen Waddle still being available by them. Oh um 
Yeah. So like, and a lot of people, I know they don't like him. I know it's hard to come off of injuries, but at some point you still got to accept the body of work for what it is. Like, I mean, it's the same thing with some of the offensive linemen, like uh, Landon Dickerson or whatever from Alabama. Like that's another amazing center to me, but he's been injured almost every single year. So like, he's not going to be a first round pick in my opinion, because of that, even though he deserves to be statistically stuff like that will happen. But when it comes to the Broncos, I agree. I look at them, and I was also thinking, you know, linebacker, cornerback. It really is the defense that they need to bolster. But at the same time, yes, they got Teddy, and I am Team Teddy. I've always loved Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback, and I wish they never had that gruesome injury in Minnesota because I feel like he would have been a whole different player. But I can't look at Teddy Bridgewater and say, oh, that's their quarterback of the future. I can't look at their backup and Drew Locke and say that I ever think that he was anything super positive as far as like leading a team. He's got great dance moves, but that's about it. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't look at their quarterbacks at either one of them and say, this is a long-term answer. So with that being said, this is where I have Zach Wilson going. I have him going to Denver. I have him making that big change. And even if he didn't come out and start that first year, you still have Teddy Bridgewater that he can sit behind, learn from, and gain that experience that he didn't get from playing those weaker teams in college. So now that kind of helps that even out. Drew Lockwood is not going to be the answer in general in the future, so why not go get that quarterback to replace Teddy after a year or two and make sure that he's ready to go when it's his time? Like To me, it still makes sense in the world. They have some other picks to try and bolster the defense. Their offense is good. Their offense is good, though, in my opinion. I mean, you're right. They've got Jerry Judy. They've got Philip Lindsay back there running the ball. They've got Cortland Sutton, who's a speedster that can make some plays. Like, they have a good offense and good weapons to surround a quarterback with. I just can't look at either of those quarterbacks that are currently on the roster and accept them as a long-term answer. So, with that, I finally have Zach Wilson going. I can't knock him all the way out of the top ten, but I'll let him go at number nine. I know that's probably not happening tomorrow, but that's just how I feel it should be. That's a terrible take. That's absolutely, like, just straight bad. I mean, they already have two quarterbacks. They have their starter, and they already went and got Teddy Bridgewater. You got to put him somewhere, though. No. Okay, that's why I had him at number two, and then Justin Fields going to get traded up, and Chicago's going to pick him up. Like, Zach Wilson is set there. I don't know why the Jets see something in him. Like a, But that was a terrible – I mean – I don't. Why would they go get three quarterbacks? I mean, I get two quarterbacks. Chicago's been trying to do it now for some time. Well, it's three, not like they're going to get anything now. Like, let's let's stop acting like they really did anything crazy. Like Drew Locke, yeah, they obviously it's kind of a wasted pick from whatever, but they gave away a six rounder for Teddy Bridgewater. It's not like they gave away anything super special. They don't like, know what they're doing. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that they're even like. I know it's far fetched. It's a little far fetched, and I'm already like. 98% sure that Zach Wilson's going number two, the Jets tomorrow. So it doesn't really matter. But at the same time, when I'm looking at stat schedule, I can't let Zach Wilson fall the top 10. And Sam Darnold seems like less likely to be replaced than Teddy Bridgewater does to me at this point. And because of that, that's why I put him at number nine. It might be my worst take of this draft, but when he turns around and ends up being that fifth best quarterback out of the five, I'll feel better. Oh, he will be. Justin Fields is going to be rookie of the year over Trevor Lawrence this year, but Woo! I'm speaking into existence right now. Uh, the last pick. I don't here know if he goes to New York, man. I don't know. Uh, the last uh, pick here, what we're going to really 
Oh, number Another 10. big oh, name. Number 10, this Dallas team. Cowboys. Um, I've team. seen a lot of trade option here. Their offense is set. They don't need to do anything to their, to their offense. Let's nope. go to their defense. And if it's for certain, Patrick Certain. Uh, <laughs> hey, there you go. If it's for certain here, uh, cornerback from Alabama, they got to go with him. I was watching, you know, some highlights and stuff, just trying to get a, a big thing of him. He is a playmaker. I mean, he is just – he was on Bama, national champion. He knows how to win, et cetera. And the Cowboys are one, two pieces away from being an elite. So when Dak Scott stays healthy after getting paid, um, this is their perfect piece to put it all together. I mean, this is the last puzzle piece to put it together and see what this team truly can do. Um, that's why they trade down. Then they can go get Jace Horn. I know. Um, this kid's actually like explosive, and you know he went up against uh, Devontae, um, and he went up against like Auburn uh, receivers, and they they can't get past this kid named Jace Horn from South Carolina. Well, trade down, they can still get that number two corner in the draft, but uh, corners can't win the game alone. But uh, the Cowboys already have an elite team, so I mean that's just gonna be that missing puzzle piece. So Patrick Certain. Yeah, the only. The only thing that I would ever say that they could do on offense is obviously Dax coming off a horrific injury, which was on his own. Let's remember it was when he was on the run and mobile outside of the pocket. So it's not like it's because the O-line collapsed. But with him coming off an injury and not sure exactly how mobile he's going to be just yet, I, I mean, I expect him to be pretty much like full, full, full-fledged Dak like normal. But I wouldn't be – I mean, can't ever really go wrong when you get protection for, for somebody okay. coming off an injury. But – that's not what I think they're going to do. I'm with you. I think after – I mean, they gave away their best cornerback last year to Miami. They gave us Byron Jones, and they struggled on defense. They were one of the worst defensive team in the league, I want to say, statistically. They they were bad. And so, for me, they have to start somewhere. I'm, I'm with you. Corners don't win the game by themselves. Nobody does. But – they, I think this is where they go get the either the number one of the top two cornerbacks in the in the draft this season, and that would be Patrick Certain, who is what where who I also have for the number ten pick, or they would go get J.C. Horn. But um, you just never know with the Cowboys, man. I mean, you never know what the Joneses are gonna do. They always have these crazy interviews that are stirring the pot and just like making everybody think that they're going to trade up or do something, which wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they do, because a lot of people have been talking about them liking Kyle Pitts. But if we're going to talk for where they're at at number 10, yes, for certain, Tate Patrick certain. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, that's our top 10, everyone who is listening. Um, I'm expecting a lot of maybe one big trade. Um, Zach Wilson won't fall that far. Sorry, Zach, you are wrong. <laughs> but, uh, you know, big names I can't wait to see is Micah Parsons. I think he might fall down a little bit more, like, if he doesn't go with, uh, you know, the Broncos or the Panthers, like we both were suggesting. If Mac Jones might fall a little bit, Trey Lance fall a little bit. I'm excited to see Kadarius Tony. Um, I saw Chicago might pick him up if they stay at that number 20. Um, Kadarius Tony, lead the defenders lonely. Uh, from Florida, uh, he is saucy. He's kind of like a Devontae Smith, uh, Walmart version. Um, maybe like a Target, you know, um, a little bit of an yeah. off-brand there. But uh, and you uh, have some, Harris great names, running man. back I mean, to the Steelers. Yes, there's some great names. Let's think about it. We just went through the top ten without even mentioning a running back. And there are some great running backs in the draft. Najee Harris is going to be phenomenal, in my opinion. He's going- you still got Travis. 
Yeah, you still got Travis Etienne from Clemson who's going to be out there. Like, we got some good running backs that are in the draft. You've got some good O-linemen that are in the draft. Deontay Brown, nobody wants to talk about him from Alabama, but that man is six foot four, 350 pounds, has played over 860 snaps in his career and has never allowed a sack. That is scary. That is a very, very good offensive yep. lineman, and nobody even talks about him going in the first round. Like, there's there's names upon names, and I feel like every single year the draft classes are getting deeper with talent, but that's where we are for our first top ten. I hope everybody can agree, uh, especially when it comes to Zach Wilson. I mean, we are we are not sold here on the Mickey Zizzy podcast just yet. We're always down to get proven wrong. That happens. But until then, I just – I won't buy it. Exactly. I'm not hyping the Zach Wilson train. Like I said, he, he got some swagger to him. I ain't going to lie about that, especially with some of those crazy oh, yeah. throws like you oh, mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah, to kind of my last little recap of this episode, y'all, I am so, so excited. Um, I might, you know, especially if the thing I said. <laughs> if Justin feels in Chicago, I will oh, be calling you within minutes. I am going to freak. <laughs> I'm predicting it. Speaking it into existence. Call me LeVar Ball. Um, and like I said, there's gonna be some big names that are gonna fall and whatnot. Um, it's really gonna be awesome to see these people do get picked. Um, I feel like there's gonna be some sleepers, you know, just like there was last year with Tristan going down to Tampa Bay. You know, you gotta give a shout out to T Worth. I mean, it was like yeah. the year anniversary of him getting drafted. But you're gonna have trees. Oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna there's gonna be one of those this year. You know, like oh that guy shouldn't have dropped that low. They made a big mistake as always in the NFL draft. But uh. Beyond excited. Yeah, absolutely beyond excited. And what and us getting through the draft just signals that the NFL season is just one step closer. Soon we'll be in mandatory training camps. Soon we'll be in the preseason. And then we're back and better than ever for a new season with an extra week of games. I'm always about it. Oh, yeah. Season two, like we said, is electric. Things are already being said. Uh, I'm this season's going to be great. Season two, y'all. Season two. Let's get it going. And in the first episode, last take for you. You got anything for me, brother? My worst two because my voice. <laughs> the hype train is off in the distance. All right. I honestly kind of want to see it because I knew how exciting the next episode would be. But with that being said, if you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Season two. Peace. Peace. <laughs>